0: Being an actor is something that I had no idea that, one, that there was a latent talent that uh, I must have had. And um, I was, in thinking back after the filming uh, of Cello, this uh, wonderful uh, 20-minute film about um, a cellist my age who gets ALS and has to deal with the, the problems that come up with his family concerning that illness. Um, I had no idea that um, that I would um, be sort of a, a duck in water. Um, I was very nervous about it, but the director and the producer said, are you sure you haven't acted before? Because it's really very good. After the film came out and was shown at a number of festivals, and I had won six Best Actor awards, I started to believe them. Um, so it led me to, uh, interestingly, reevaluate the aspect of communication through language, through words, uh, through pauses within uh, a context, and um, to use that in my music making. So it was a very, very interesting uh, process for me. So uh, I turned back to. The Shakespeare that I did in, in school, like Macbeth and Julius Caesar, and um, I have had great fun with that. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps through this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time, and all our yesterdays did lighted fools the way to dusty death out out brief candle etc etc just had a great time with that just a great 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 time and as i say it really completely reinvigorated me into the process of deciding within the much stricter confines of rhythmic uh, organization of classical uh, music that's of how to, to deviate from that in minute ways that would make things more meaningful and more, um, more communicative.
1: It's a really beautiful thing to have taken from the experience. Are you thinking of more time on stage or screen as an actor now?
0: Uh, (laughs) I have a performer's personality and uh, developed over 60 years. Oh, yes, I'm ready to go. In fact, uh, the uh, child actor uh, in the film, uh, Samantha's mother, called me and said, would you be interested in doing an advertisement for some ice cream with Samantha as a grandfather and daughter? And I... (laughs) I think I said to her, oh, yes, I can do that because I can have Russian accent. This is, we call it Maroshnoi in Russia, but this is real ice cream. This is the best. (laughs) We didn't get it. Oh, I thought her performance
1: was also so beautiful. The two of you playing together in that movie, I just rewatched it and Mm -hmm. even came into the interview a bit choked up again watching that story. It's a powerful work.
0: Oh, yes, it is. Oh, talk about choked up. I will suggest to you at, at some point, write it down because it's hard to remember. Porcelain unicorn. Mm-hmm. Phillips of Europe put on a contest for uh, movie makers. The, um, the rules of the contest is that the dialogue was specified and the film had to be three minutes or less. And the dialogue is the following. What is it? It's a unicorn. I've never seen one up close before. It's beautiful. Get away, get away. I'm sorry. That's it. And you see what this movie uh, guy, he's Southern California. He does mostly advertisements. Keegan uh, Wilcox, I think. Anyway, what he came up with, with this uh, structure, was just incredible. I guess this is... uh, Tantalizing me because imagination is what both music and uh, theater and the spoken word—that's uh, the wellspring from where all these things come. And um, what I love in my teaching is that I—I uh, I can use imaginary uh, games and uh, and situations to get a student to to understand that it's that process beyond just being able to play an instrument um, that can make their music making come alive and be, be more vital. I like to say to students if you can make the cello seem to the listener that it needs to take a breath then it's alive and if you don't it's beautiful playing, but it's it's not alive and it's not human. So uh, these are the things that um, the acting experience and my uh, uh, my 60-year career has contributed to. Really wanting to do so much more. I'm setting up a uh, online uh, Skype or FaceTime uh, teaching system with a very sophisticated fast connection uh so that there can be really a good uh, dialogue with people who were not in the city of los angeles but from all over the world and that's just uh, getting uh, organized right now and i'm very excited about it so it's um it's it's part of my life every day is music and how it can touch the soul and move you um and inspire you and uh, and kick your imagination into a new place, I love that.
1: That's wonderful, and that is with the movie, noticing as I was watching it again that there's so much story in a way, so much is implied, but it's captured in just a few minutes of time. It actually does feel a little bit like a piece of music that establishes a theme and you build so much of it in your mind as you're watching this experience.
0: Um, Mondo, that's a very good point. I think that's one of the things that um, I just naturally uh, had developed through my music making. So, in a certain respect, that's absolutely the same process, really, is um, for every facial expression, for every pause, for every uh, body movement... uh, you have uh, you have the knowledge that it's going to be communicating something that um, can be very visceral and um, so one just uh, naturally gravitates to that the idea that it was in high school of uh, just repeating the lines Um, uh, i learned from my father it was really the only lesson i had from the great Mac harrell that um that uh, I went to him and said, "Dad, I have trouble memorizing uh, Antony's speech uh, in Caesar. Friends, Romans, countrymen, let me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, etc." And um, I started rattling it off like that. He said, "No, son. It'll be much easier for you to remember what comes next and what it is if you really get into it." And then he went, "Friends, Romans." Countrymen, lend me your ears. And I jumped back and <laughs> pulled uh, by hitting the door of the closet off its uh, runners at the bottom. Yeah, I was just so dumbstruck with that, but it, it stayed with me. I realized that sometimes we want to communicate something that uh, just has to go beyond what is the accepted norm of uh, Everything in place, uh, like the old photographs of Lady Miss Clairol, you know, the long, blonde, uh, slightly soft camera look of uh, vapid expression. Um, we want to get away from that and make it come alive.
1: And for the putting together of the movie, were you involved as any of the writing or the deciding of the shots were happening or and you know, what? portraying a musician at work looked like or did you just come into the script and have to do the acting part of it
0: yeah the script went through many many rewrites uh, by the uh, the director who, who wrote the original script it was a uh, catharsis for her because her grandfather was stuck in um, in the upper floors of a Guangzhou uh, apartment building and able only to see out one window because he had had a stroke. And um, so this was a kind of a cathartic run. I said, well, why did you choose the cello? Because when uh, someone suggested to her that uh, I play the role, she didn't know who I was. Um, I, and she said, well, I've always just liked the cello. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm I'm very thankful for that, because uh, it really has had a tremendous uh, lasting uh, uh, feeling uh, of uh, of finding a treasure trove of things that um, I just hadn't been aware of except maybe peripherally. I certainly knew that sometimes in music your need to go beyond uh, the accepted norms, maybe even play something that's ugly uh, because of what you're expressing is uh, something that's very dramatic. Uh, for instance, in *Trovatore* by Verdi, the um, Azucena uh, she uh, she mistakenly pushes her own child instead of someone she hates hates's child into a bonfire, and she says, "Oh, mio figlio. you know, it um, it's not something that you is going to be mellifluous and uh, sweet and lovely. It uh, is the nitty gritty, and. Um, i i'm I'm very attracted to that. and I think that in music. And I think it's because of this latent uh, latent um, understanding of the drama of life and its relationships with other people and with what comes along in one's uh, uh, path.
1: And this is not just a film about music, it is a film filled with music. Some Elgar, some also a wonderful score by Randy Kerber. And it's yes. knit together so well, especially in that opening passage where you're describing the life of a leaf to your granddaughter, that it has to fall from the tree after doing but it becomes a metaphor. So, uh-huh. yes. yeah, so can you talk a bit about working with Randy Kerber and his music in this process?
0: Uh, well, I got to to know Randy uh, a little bit earlier when I did um, with Christine Brewer, the great uh, Wagnerian soprano. She did with John Williams conducting an arrangement for cello and soprano and orchestra of Over the Rainbow, and. Um, We did that, and it was such beautiful writing for the cello. And then we had this project that we were going to do more songs, Arlen songs, maybe some Gershwin, but John... Williams always said that he thought that Arlen maybe was a greater uh, composer of songs than uh, Gershwin. In any case, their Arlen songs are fantastic. And um, that never really got off the ground. Randy did actually a full score uh, of an orchestra part of one of the Arlen songs. I can't remember which one now. But in any case, uh, John looked at it and... and, um, and Christine came to town. She lives in St. Louis. And we were in the Sony studios trying it out, just piano and cello and voice. And um, John kept saying, oh, it's just much too much stuff. You have to recognize the cello is very, very an intimate instrument. Um, you know, if you go to a guitar recital, uh, the first thing that you uh, strike you, particularly when you come out of the traffic outside of the theater, uh, is what a small sound the guitar is. But then very quickly... You adjust and your ears. One of the great things about the human hearing is that your ears come down to that level so that when the guitarist really plucks very strongly, you get the feeling as if it was a full symphony orchestra. So it's uh, things like that that uh, has been um, interesting to me much more, much more.
1: And hearing the Elgar in this movie, I guess it's hard for me not to think of Jacqueline Dupre, the cellist who also suffered from a disease different than the one character in the movie, than our character of Ansel, but another one that took away the ability to play, MS. Yes. And I guess did any of that sort of discussion or thinking about what actually the change when the ability to play is taken away happens?
0: Yes, actually the uh, the thought of uh, using the Elgar as the as the thrust of the story musically it um, didn't occur to me at the time, uh, when I was discussing it with the director, that um, this would be a great piece because of Jackie, because she had multiple sclerosis, and of course, as you say, wasn't able to play. Uh, but it was because the Elgar has con- um, concerto has connections to um, unrequited loss, and Um, devastation in Elgor's personal life. He was engaged to be married. A woman moved away uh, from Leipzig, where they were both studying, uh, and she contracted um, tuberculosis, and they told her to take a long sea journey. So he broke off his his, um, engagement to this woman. She moved to New Zealand, and uh, then she had a child through a marriage, and... um, The child enlisted in the First World War and was killed. Mm. And um, it was uh, on reading in the Daily Telegraph the number of people who died in France that day. He found the name uh, Kenneth Munro, and um, he felt so distraught that uh, Elgar checked himself into hospital. And it was in the hospital that he wrote that long opening theme that has the dullness and the the sameness of all the gray expanse of ocean between England and New Zealand. <laughs> etc. Oh. So it was that aspect that I knew that this would be uh, a perfect piece for for the uh, f- film cello and for the drama that unfolds in those 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, just an absolutely heartbreaking piece and used beautifully there. I also want to ask if you don't mind about some of your other work besides, of course, all your musical projects and this movie, you and your wife have a foundation to help youth with music and I found that fascinating, the Heartbeats Foundation, and she's also involved in this movie as the producer, correct?
0: Yes she is. Yeah, uh we have we took a trip to uh, Nepal uh, a few years ago and um bought local uh, Nepalese instruments and uh had a guitar and uh, I had my cello and she had her violin and we just uh with meeting kids who were in an in an orphanage uh, got them to be Playing music, and uh, some of them, of course, would not be able to know how to play a a, a, a Nepalese flute. Um, but we had drums, and we had things to uh, uh, to hit, <laughs> uh, percussion things, instruments, and um, the uh, the minder of the uh, of the orphanage was absolutely amazed. With how just a few days of making music a lot together, um, how their mood and their their spirits were uplifted, and that's uh, what why we uh, formed this uh, organization because uh, it's something like um, it's in the millions of. Children under the age of 17 are living in war, turn or incredible poverty. Um, and if you can bring them music, it can help them cope. And um, certainly uh, in my own life, with both both my parents dying when I was still a teenager, I, I had the cello to support me and its music. So I knew from firsthand experience that this can be... Uh, very, very uh, deeply moving to them and helpful.
1: It's amazing work, and that's, I do perhaps, if you don't mind, for the hometown crowd especially to mention Helen Nightingale, who is your partner both in life and in this project because she's an an alum of the Eastman School of Music here in Rochester, New York, which is where we're coming from, so...
0: Yes. And she studied with Zvi Zeitlin. I traveled all the way from New York once to hear Zvi play the Schoenberg Concerto with the Los Angeles Philharmonic many, 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 many years ago. And um, I had a wonderful friendship with him, but I had no idea that uh, Helen had studied with him until I had met her when she was already in the Louisville Orchestra um, as associate concertmaster when I was there to perform with the orchestra.
1: And then in the few minutes we have left, in addition to the movie and all the other work we've mentioned, what are some of the things you're most excited to be playing right now?
0: Well, I I just really uh, have been in, indulging myself in reevaluating all the, the classical pieces that I play, Um in view of my experience from my from acting, and um, and I'm in particular um, about certain habits that we string players have that um, are thought because they're so prevalent, have thought that um, they are just part and parcel of the the uh, music making. Of um, I'm trying to turn off my phone. <laughs> So sorry.
1: I thought it's okay.
0: It was For instance, um, string players like to uh, speed up the bow a little bit right before the last half inch, before a bow changed the back to the other direction, to make it a smoother change. But they go things like... Dee, dee, oh, dee, dee, do, what, oh. They sort of speed it up so the... Sound jumps out a little bit. Another is to not vibrate certain notes because it's not convenient for the hand. For instance, uh, uh, if I take a, another example of the swan by Saint-Saëns, those da notes. Generally, aren't vibrated, and the reason they're not is that you're—it's just not comfortable for the hand to do that. But that's n- no reason to—that's not a legitimate reason, as far as I'm concerned, to uh, to have that happen. It doesn't mean that you're going to be vibrating every note so that it just—it's uh, uh, out of taste. However. Um, the vibration of our voice, duh, is such that um, we need to imitate that. If we can imitate that, then it, uh, it's living.
1: Well, I just want to say thank you very much for your music, as well as your wonderful work as a teacher, and for this movie that I'm really excited we're going to be sharing with audiences in Rochester. We're doing a double feature of this movie in a documentary about Itzhak Perlman. And we're having a cellist and a violinist speak, and the local Rochester Cello Society will be there as well. So both um, people very familiar with the instrument, but others who just love music and beautiful filmmaking are going to be there. So,
0: Yes, oh, wonderful. Yeah, oh, that's great. I uh, loved all my work that I've done with ITSAC uh, over the many, many years. So that's, that's super.
1: And um, is there anything else you want to add before I let you go?
0: I wish I could play chess like Bobby Fischer or Capablanca.
1: (laughs) Oh, Lynn, thank you very much for talking with us. Thank you so much. Bye-bye,
0: Mona.